This content is only for adults. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Look around you and see where the world is going. What do you think about that? When I tell you that, what thoughts come into your mind? What is it that you reflect on? Are you looking at the world and which way it's going? Are you so preoccupied that you don't have much time to think and when you do think, it's not pleasant so you don't think about it. You stay buried in your electronics, whatever you're occupied in. And the temptation is to stick the head in the sand like an ostrich. But that's not my words. That's our lady's words of June 2nd, 2011. Look around you, my children, and see where the world is going. When it comes from me, it's one thing. When it comes from heaven, there's a whole lot more meaning behind it. Because I'm affected by the world as well as you. I have interferences with my thoughts, but not Our Lady. When she says it, you better take it to the bank. But many aren't. Because they disqualify Medjugorje. It's only worthy of belief even if it's approved. She is here because she has to be here. She is here because she has given an ultimatum to you and to the world. She is here to say to you, I am here. You decide. This is a time of decision. You cannot continue life as you know it. You've heard it said many times by us here. Ivan said, had Our Lady not appeared, the world would have destroyed itself. But what happened even before the apparitions began? God had saved the world many times through Our Lady. 
I just got to reading what I wrote uh, 15 years ago called 20 Years of Apparitions. It affected me to see how many times Our Lady has averted nuclear disaster to her intercession. It's laid out. There's too many connections in the past when things were on the brink of disaster with Russia or someplace else in the world that a million people would get in famine and do the rosary. The next day, everything blew up. All the weapons. Scientists with it. There's a connection to that. We know now, in 1968 or 69, that the KGB brought papers to one of their nuclear submarines telling the Admiral that he was going to be replaced. And the KGB kept on just enough people to man the submarine. And in doing so, gave orders, this is where you're to go. They cut off all tracking devices, where Russia itself couldn't track this rogue submarine. Because the KGB had a plan. What was that plan? That plan was to go 600 miles off the coast of Hawaii, fire a nuclear missile, blow up Hawaii, at 3 to 5 o'clock in the morning, while everybody was sleeping, without ever even knowing, never even waking up, the whole island would have disappeared. You know what happened? They got there. They locked the men who manned the ship in the front, and they fired the missile. A nuclear warhead headed toward Hawaii. What happened? God had watched out, no doubt to the Virgin Mary because of her plans to come to Medjugorje, to change man's direction, because we'd end up in a great war, because the purpose of the KGB was to leave a trail of evidence that China sent this missile off, because we had heated relationships with China at that moment, the spark of nuclear war between China and the United States, and Russia would be on top. That was the plan. But London Baines Johnson, the president, just shortly before that happened, gave to Russia technology that would fit on a warhead that nobody knew about, which would destroy it upon an unauthorized launch. And only could be disarmed by special code if we were going to have to fire, or they would have to fire, both of us, a nuclear missile. Just in case somebody went rogue with a nuclear warhead. You don't think that's from God? We've been preserved. But God can no longer preserve us. The last preserver, our last saving grace, is here. And for you to be saved, you must decide. Because look around you, my children, and see where the world is going. This is from the November 2nd article by the New York Times entitled, Illinois District Violated Transgender Students' Rights, U.S. Says. Federal education authorities staking out their firmest position yet on an increasingly contentious issue found Monday that an Illinois school district violated anti-discrimination laws when it did not allow a transgender student who identifies as a girl and participates on a girl's sports team to change and shower in the girl's locker room without restrictions. Education officials said the decision was the first of its kind on the rights of transgender students, which are emerging as a new cultural battleground in public schools across the country. In previous cases, federal officials had been able to reach settlements giving access to transgender students in similar situations. But in this instance, the school district in Palatine, Illinois, has not yet come to an agreement prompting the federal government to threaten sanctions. The district, northwest of Chicago, has indicated a willingness to fight for its policy in court. The Education Department gave 30 days to the officials of Township High School District 211 to reach a solution or face enforcement, 
which could include administrative law proceedings or a Justice Department court action. The district could lose some or all of its Title IX funding. In a letter sent Monday, the Office for Civil Rights of the Department of Education told the Palatine District that requiring a transgender student to use private changing and showering facilities was a violation of that student's rights under Title IX, a federal law that bans gender discrimination. The student who identifies as female, but was born male, should be given unfettered access to girls' facilities, the letter said. All students deserve the opportunity to participate equally in school programs and activities. This is a basic civil right, Catherine Lehman, the Education Department's Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, said in a statement. She went on to say, Unfortunately, Township High School District 211 is not following the law because the district continues to deny a male student, she actually said female student, the right to use the girls' locker room. Daniel Cates, the district superintendent, said in a statement Monday that he disagreed with the decision, which he described as a serious overreach with precedent-setting implications. In an interview, Dr. Cates said district officials had worked long and hard to develop a plan that the district believed would balance the rights of everyone involved. That plan entails having the student change beyond privacy curtains in the girls' locker room. The rights of transgender students have become the focus of disputes in school districts in many states, leading to divergent approaches regarding which sports teams they can play on, bathrooms they can use, and pronouns they are addressed by. In separate cases, two California school districts agreed to lift restrictions on transgender locker room and restroom access after federal officials intervened. Students at one Missouri high school protested a decision by the district to let a transgender boy, the article used girl, use female locker rooms and restrooms. Officials in the Palatine District which serves more than 12,000 students, have framed their position as a middle ground. The transgender student in question, a boy, plays on a girls' sports team, is called she by school staff, and is referred to by a female name. But the district, citing privacy concerns, had required him, the article says her, to change clothes and shower separately. The district said he, the article says she, was allowed to change inside the girls' locker room, but only behind a curtain. The student who has not been publicly identified has said he, the article says she, would probably use that curtain to change. But he, the article says she, and the federal government have insisted that he, the article says she, be allowed to make that decision voluntarily and not because of requirements by the district. What our client wants is not hard to understand. He, the article says she, wants to be accepted for who he, the article says she, is, and to be treated with dignity and respect like any other student, said John Knight, the director of an abomination project of the American Civil Liberties Union of Illinois, who's representing the student. He goes on to say, the district's insistence on separating my client from other students is blatant discrimination. Rather than approaching this issue with sensitivity and dignity, the district has attempted to justify its conduct by challenging my client's identity as a girl. In the 14-page letter outlining their findings, education officials said they remained open to negotiating a settlement with the school district but could take enforcement action if an agreement did not materialize. Dr. Cates, the superintendent, said parents had made it resoundingly clear that they favored maintaining some measure of privacy expectation in the locker rooms. He said the district would continue settlement negotiations with education department officials, but added, we do stand on the position that we have not violated any laws. The boy student, who has identified as a girl from a young age, has changed his, and the article uses her, name.
received a passport as a female and is undergoing hormone therapy, the education department said. Though he, and the article says she, plays sports on a girl's team, he, and the article says she, changes his, and the article says her, clothes in a bathroom separate from his, and the article says her, teammates. The department's letter said, when he, and the article says she, entered the girls' locker room on a few occasions, the findings said a few students and one parent complained about his, and the article says her, presence. Lawyers from the Thomas More Society, a nonprofit religious liberty organization, praised the district for its position and described a locker room as significantly different from, for instance, a bathroom with stalls. The education department, they said, seemed to take a hard line. Quote, you have a higher degree of visual privacy when you're talking about stalls, Jocelyn Floyd said, a lawyer from the Thomas More Society. In this case, she said, the school has shown that they are sensitive to the needs of this transgender student, but also to the needs of all the other students. When you think about it, there are a lot of students in high school who are uncomfortable with disrobing in front of people, unquote. Demoya Gordon, an attorney at Lambda Legal, which advocates for abominable and cross-gender rights, said the Palatine case was unusual for how vocal the school district had been. The Department of Education's finding, unlike the agreements it reached in earlier circumstances, sent a message to other districts wrestling with similar questions, she said. This is telling them that they have to respect all students' gender identities, Ms. Gordon said. The Obama administration in recent years has also pushed to expand transgender rights in prisons and workplaces, seeking to ensure transgender inmates access to medical care, including hormone therapy, and to provide legal recourse for people claiming discrimination by employers because of their gender identity. Look around you, my children, and see where the world is going. Do you not see how serious this is? Why would the Thomas More Foundation lawyers praise the school district for their stance when their stance is what caused them to lose and be where they are today? The school district's fight is laughable. They wanted to give rights and more sensitivity to this individual. It's madness. In Israel's six-day war against Egypt in 1967, they set out to win from the beginning. Absolute destroy what was opposing them and attacking them. From the get-go, you destroy it. The mindset, the belief that you're going to get an inch to a foot to 12 feet to 100 feet to keep going. Here it is, this Catholic firm, the St. Thomas More Foundation, has entered into their arena, into their agenda, and with the school district, well, let's negotiate. This is about money. They get several million dollars. And the power the federal government has to hold over them is we'll pull the money. Pull the money. Forget it. Don't do it. We don't even read on our presentation here to you the word she when they use it in an article. I edited that. That every time they say she, we say he, that the article says she. Is that annoying? Or is that absurd? No, it's absurd for teachers at this school district to comply where we're going to refer to this boy as she in the classroom and everybody else. And probably a student referring to the other way would be suspended. And you wonder why we're losing? And you have to contemplate very difficult for many people to say, well, look around you, see where the world's going. You think this is where it stops? This is just the beginning. It's a tragedy. 
And the ACLU lawyer says, by challenging my client's identity as a girl, you can't even challenge this now. Where is this going in the world? That if you do challenge, you're going to end up in jail. And we're not challenging it. And they're doing this in the school district. And this is beyond absurd. This is beyond stupid. I'm addressing the Thomas More Foundation, not the other side. They're smart. They go incrementally. And we negotiate with them. No negotiation. Death of these concepts and ideologies and the end of it and the finish of it. Sick. Where is it going? You're the University of Minnesota. University of Central Florida. You have Purdue. All putting forth the idea today with the college students growing that abortion after birth is permissible. So where is it going? You've got the profession of what's called self-actualization. What does that mean? A woman professor just put this out. She's teaching it to her students. Self-actualization, and you see the words, see the, the universities put out this garbage, the words. That's why your first war, like we did on two or three programs ago, is about words. Don't use their words. Use a bottomable. Don't use a sweet three-letter G word. Never use it. You're in their camp, just like Thomas More is going on to their arena and trying to fight it in their rules of courts, and they're going to lose. They're not going to win anything. We've got to see how to fight this battle in a whole nother way. And we'll cover that because it's not being presented because we're nice. We're going to go by their rules, enter into their ring, their boxing ring, and play by their rules, which they can let us voice, they can argue, and we lose the case. Forget the courts. That's finished. That's behind us. Forget the presidential elections. That's finished. That's behind us. The most the president who's elected can do is help crash the plane with the least collateral damage. We're going down. Look at where the world's going, our lady says. She adds that thinks of doing everything without the Father, which wanders in darkness. And you think we've got a solution through the courts, through the presidential elections? No, we have the answer. I heard a preacher talking the other day about a popular song right now. The answer. And he goes on and talks about Christians don't have the answer. When they give it, they stutter. When they give it, they're timid. They're paralyzed. Our ladies come to free us, free our tongue, and free our actions. The actions of the other Christians got them killed, got them jailed. That's where we are. That's how we're going to fight it. And we won't go to jail. What will we do? Well, what will you do when you hear on college campuses being put forth the idea of self-actualization that abortion can occur after birth up to five years of age? Today, when you walk out, look at the one, two, three, four, five-year-old children and think this is coming, which way the world's going. You never would have thought we'd have what Joan just read about girls' bathrooms, boys being able to go in there because they have the idea, I want to be a girl. And you think, oh, they're not going to kill five-year-olds? It's not my words, it's our ladies. Where the world is going. It's wandering in darkness. It's headed toward that. It starts in the universities. You're crazy for sending any of your children to the universities. I told my kids, never do I want them to go to college. I got six children, seven children, lost one. None of them are going to college. All of them are excelling in what they do. All of them are desired and wanted to be employed. And they can do anything. You're making a terrible, terrible, catastrophic, atomic bomb-powered mistake by sending your children to college or even encourage it. You better discourage it. 
because many students from universities are attaching themselves to this self-actualization. It comes from the concept of Peter Singer, who in 1993 put forth these ideas and suggestions. Quote, Human babies are not born self-aware, are capable of grasping that they exist over time. They are not persons. Therefore, the life of a newborn is less value than the life of a pig, a dog, or a chimpanzee. You say, oh, nobody's going to buy this. This metamorphosis from 1979 to 1993 to now. Recently, an American university professor, Jeffrey Romain, has asserted that unlike mature human beings, infants do not possess in their own right a property that makes it wrong to kill them. That was a quote. In other words, they don't possess within their being the right to live, and it's not wrong to kill them. He explicitly holds that infants are not persons with a right to life, and that, quote, there will be permissible exceptions to the rule against killing infants that would not apply to the rule against killing adults or children. They call this self-awareness. This criteria means personhood hinges on these factors. Killing a newborn, or as they say, a fetus, is not the same as killing a person. In fact, some acts of infanticide are less problematic than killing a happy cat. If, for example, parents kill one disabled infant to make a way for another baby, they'll be happier than the first. The total amount of happiness increases for all interested parties. Your goons that you send, because you're making your children goon that go to colleges, sitting in these rooms hear this. Many of them are swayed by this because they have a strong foundation. And even those who have foundations are enlightened. You're old fogies as parents. Or if you follow the traditional ways. Singer putting forth these ideas, his logic can be summed up this way. Until a baby is capable of self-awareness, there is no controlling reason for you not to kill to serve the preference of the parents. So this is a growing up philosophy in the universities. A quote from a professor says that a variety of non-human animals are rational. Self-conscious beings that qualify as persons in the relevant sense of the term. Consequently, it is morally indefensible for humans to value their own species above the sentiments of animals. As a doctrine for the sanctity of human life, it is nothing but speciesism and an irrational prejudice rooted in an outdated religious tradition, Christianity. Put simply, dogs, cats, and dolphins are persons while fetuses, newborns, and some victims of Alzheimer's diseases are not. Look around you, my children. And see where the world is going. Is this upsetting? There are students willing to say they support abortion after birth because of this self-awareness. They're growing on interviews now on university campuses showing that they agree that children up to four to five years old can be killed because they're not yet self-aware. This self-actualization of philosophy among these students is growing. And those who are on college or campuses who believe in abortions, why are they progress to this next philosophy that's been seated in the universities at this moment? What does this calculate down to? They were fighting the wrong way. Everybody sees Thomas More going this and they fight for this or they, they see the uh, Liberty Council or all these organizations going to fight this. This is not the way to fight. They own the courts. When are you going to get this in your head? The first war starts 
that they've shown to us and we can learn from them, just like Israel, the Jews, looked at Germans, who was their enemy, of how they fought, that we have to look how our enemy today fights us and it starts with words. Self-actualization. Because a child doesn't know who they are, can't reason out life and what they're going to be, that you can eliminate them up to five years of age. And this is coming. Because our lady said the world, which way it's going, wanders in darkness. And the darkness we're on is going to be feathered by ourselves not recognizing who we are. So who's it most fault with this? You may be surprised what I'm going to tell you. If this is Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, there's a bishop there. And if I'm not mistaken because there's a bishop there, that means there's a diocese there. So if there's a diocese there, he is the highest authority from God above all peoples, faith or no faith. His authority can morally and justifiably call all able-bodied men just as Judas Maccabees did. Bishops can do this, and they're not. They're sitting on the authority. The bishop over this diocese in Illinois needs to state that we are here to no law, but from the one God, and in his name, by his authority alone. The bishop would say, I can all real man to join me in the streets where we'll put a mandate defying any law or anyone that a boy will play sports on a girl's team, dress in the girl's locker room, or go to the girl's bathroom. The bishop needs to say, we'll do anything and everything to stop this. We will not go to jail. We will die for this. Is this overstating the gravity of the situation? Is this too much to sit there and say, I'll die before I let a boy go in a girl's bathroom? 30 years ago, if a man went in a girl's bathroom, almost any man that was a real man would confront him in that bathroom. And if he resisted, you'd have some conflict pretty bad right there, physically. We're fighting the wrong way. We need to reevaluate just war. You think the Turkish fleet being defeated by the Christian fleet when they were going to take over Europe, that they didn't do everything they had to do to defeat them? It's war. Do you realize we're at war? Do you realize when somebody walks in the locker room like that with this boy, that this is an assault against these girls? This is a molestation? This is what's taking place? And you're going to teach your children or the bishop's going to advocate that they shouldn't respond in a counterattack? We praise and give glory to those who are in the midst of a terrorist attack who respond back to stop it as heroes. This is no different. When you're doing something that's swaying people to be tolerant to sin, that sends people to perdition for eternal death, but you justify for a defense against the physical death, a threat or a gunman or something, I don't see any difference. Why do you? And who are you to see something different in such a clear moral situation? It's beyond immoral to allow this happen in the girls' bathrooms. I remember a fight in high school between two girls. It's the most vicious fight I've ever seen in my life. It went over the whole campus for 15 minutes. They were scratching each other to pieces. I'll tell you, if a boy walks into a girl's dressing room when I was in school, that scratches his eyes out. They would declare war. When you got a boy doing something like this, 
You do whatever you have to do. You might say, oh, this is not Christian. This is not being a child of Our Lady. I dare say a bishop 40 years ago would say nothing negative if girls attacked a boy who came in like that. What are you thinking? That's the problem. You're not. And if the bishops called for an assault on girls like this, in this way, just by the girls, they could stand and stop this. And this would be over. We used to call these people morphodots. There's no confusion here. There's no deformity of anatomy. It's blatant. We know what this is. We know a boy when it's a boy. And we need to learn when we need to fight. And whatever is necessary to stop this, we have to. Because they've got us convinced. It's in the courts. They've got us convinced. It's in the law. The law is against natural law. We are justified in this world. We cannot be like the redcoats and try to defeat the American colonists when they fought in a way that was different and that they realized these guys lined up marching was just picked off one by one. And you want us to continue this way? Don't think as bishops that we don't need you as leaders. We can't counterattack. We can't do the just war actions necessary. It's just like Israel's Six-Day War, Stephen Pressfield's book, The Lion's Gate, speaks about, where he quotes one of those in battle, says, leaders are everything. Individually, we soldiers may be brave, collective. We may make up a skilled, well-trained unit, but without a strong hand to guide us, we balk and freeze. We become confused and surrendered initiatives. This is exactly the problem. With leadership, just to call together and to rally and say, you can fight this in a new way. Who has the power to do this? Who has the power to speak morally that you are justified to rid these locker rooms, these bathrooms, and everything else is happening physically? Jesus physically cleansed the temple. That was a physical building. Yes, God was there. But how much more so for the soul, the flesh, which is the temple of the soul? And you want that soiled? You want to just sit there and say, well, we're going to go to court. We're going to go to the Thomas More Foundation. Good people doing bad things. Actually, not doing bad things. I would say it's good people doing stupid things. Wake up, Moral Foundation or all these organizations fighting the wrong way. The British were defeated because they would not change the way they fought. We had to think different because we're going to lose. And not only are we going to lose, we're going to be defeated. And the world that we're going to live in will be so dark as to be unbearable. And we're going to make no, they are going to make your children morphodots. They're going to confuse them when they're being raised, wondering what they are. They don't know what they are. But I tell you, you'll define it. This kid going in the locker rooms of the girl as a boy, he'll be defined, hey, you're a boy, you don't belong here. I don't feel I'd violate in any way, or you, or especially you as a bishop, of what are these calls to, to be love, to be peace. If you don't love the little children, woe to you who lead them astray through your silence. And that includes the bishops. Better for a millstone be thrown around your neck to the bottom of the river. Nobody's thinking. Nobody's thinking about just war. We can no longer be the British so formal, so lined up that we're going to fight by the rules of engagements that war was at the time. Because our enemy's not doing that. They're up in the trees. They're all around us, picking us off one by one. And we want to be refined in the way we fight. 
No, we need a cat fight. Are we going to have to call the girls out there in the locker rooms to attack these people? Where's the real men? Where's the real bishops? We are to defy these mandates. And this is what your bishop should be saying. You men who aren't sissified and frail up there in Illinois in this diocese need to go to your bishop and say, we demand that you do this. He's at fault. Because he's sitting on authority from God that's not being used. And we don't need a letter in the Catholic newspaper. We don't need to say our beliefs. We need to hold and believe and put into action our beliefs. They're doing it. And they says, by challenging my client's identity as a girl, and you are so girlish that you're going to sit on your authority? Am I calling a bishop's a girl? I am if you are sitting on it. If I were a bishop, the last thing I'd want to be known for is to be a paper pusher. What do you do all day? Where's your vocation? What does your vocation mean? How wonderful when we read a story where a bishop stood up. Even like St. Bernard. I think it was St. Bernard who got out of the pulpit one time when somebody was being roughhousing or heckling or whatever, went in and pushed him in the face. Where is the manhood? Oh, that's not Christian? That's not godly? It's not godly to let what happens to children happen. St. Maximilian Kobe had his maculata of knights. St. Bernard was a knight. They didn't give up their soldiering. They used their soldiering for godly purpose. St. Joan of Arc was a soldier responsible for commanding people that was underneath her to kill the enemy. Often what she held on the battlefield, they're English, and praying for them. Even though they're enemy. Yes, we love our enemy. But let's learn how to fight the enemy. We're throwing up white flags everywhere. First of all, in the bishop's office, the diocese's office. Our lady is here, bishops. It is scientifically proven. And while Galileo said that there are circled the sun, the church didn't agree with that. They were against science. They got a black eye because of this. And took away John Paul II to make an apology for it. And it wasn't even completely proven. This is proven today by Medjugorje. Without a doubt, scientifically, they're seeing something supernatural. And now many in the church, the bishops mainly, ignoring the scientific tests for the visionaries, and you're not going to be around to make an apology for that once this comes out. That everything I laid came for to change the world's direction. Look which way the world's going. Because where the world's going is after you, the highest authority, because the enemy recognizes your authority more so than you recognize your authority. And because you're not using it, and you're just using it in meetings and having bishop conferences, and you're sitting there writing papers and not getting out in the streets and calling the people, you're going to be killed. You're going to be crushed. We're the sheep, and your lack of using your authority and the power God has given to you is going to cause our being martyred. And we hold, I hold, if nobody else does, you accountable. I respect, I'm in adoration of the authority of God that you possess, that you will not use, which I don't respect your actions. You must start acting. And like Galileo was rejected, you abuse your authority through silence. When you got scientists saying after 20 plus years of scientific evidence that these apparitions of the Virgin Mary to Medjugorje of six visionaries are absent of deceit. You philosophize, you have your degrees, you believe in all your university training and all these theological things, and you don't believe in science? I don't believe you're that ignorant. I do believe you're that scared. You have no boldness. 
You walk with the authority of Jesus Christ himself and you're not doing anything. The Illinois bishop, the first men in the street need to go by the hundreds to the diocese office and says, you call all of the people, able-bodied men. Believers and not believers, because there's a lot of non-believers don't accept this stuff. One man out of millions of people in our diocese near Chicago can do something. And he sits there and he does nothing. And we got a call from heaven, a mandate from heaven to act. You know what a lady just told us? She just said, faith is not enough. I want to see your works. Because if you just have faith and you think that's enough, she said, quote, it is boasting of self. So we to run around in our garments and our ceremonial positions, give out proclamations and write things in papers. We don't want any more of that. We're tired of that. That's not the battle. You can't fight it in the courtrooms. We have to pour out into the streets. You praise people who did that same thing in the 60s riots or whatever. They didn't do anything as far as their lives, but get into the streets. It's something that they do adulation and you won't do yourself with the power you have. They didn't have the power of authority that you have as a bishop. I'm challenging you because I don't want to be challenged by those who says you can't challenge this boy over here. Claim that he's a girl. This rests squarely on your shoulders as bishops and shepherds. You're in a serious situation, and I don't think you're aware of it, and I don't think your responsibility to see that. Oh, we can't do that. Cardinal Schoenberg just hosted Maria in Austria. I was just with Maria for a week. You say, oh, Carlo Maria. Cardinal Carlo Maria wrote a letter saying we have to quiet Medjugorje down. You defy it, bishops. You invite Medjugorje into your diocese. That's the answer. You don't have the answer. The church don't have the answer. That's why the Virgin Mary is coming and it's scientifically proven on three scientific tests. So you cannot reject it that it's not supernatural. It is there. And Sean Bird, even after Cardinal Mueller told Cardinal Carlo Maria to write saying we can't host this anymore. You can't attend these things. You can't tell me that. I'm not doing this underneath the Catholic faith. And as a bishop, you don't have to abide by that. As a matter of conscience, you either abide by that letter or you abide by scientific and then that there's no place in the whole world that has confession like Medjugorje. There's no place in the whole world that has adoration like Medjugorje and propagate around the world. There's no place like Medjugorje that has fasted like this around the world. So even if you don't believe it, why do you block it? Why do you quiet? Why do you abuse us who want to promote it in our diocese or parishes by silence? Cardinal Carlo Maria and I spent a whole week together at Maria's house years ago. So why did Cardinal Carlo Maria spend a week at Maria's house? Because the same reason you go to your family reunions. He's Maria's uncle. You think he doesn't believe in Medjugorje? You don't think he hasn't attended an apparition? Satan has entered the church, and you abide by it. Every bishop out there needs to sit there and say, my answer to Medjugorje is, well, I won't endorse it. I won't block it. If you want to use it in the parish churches, you want programs, whatever you want, you got a free green light to do so. Just don't commit a heresy. That's all you have to say. You can even say it's real without approving it. And because you allow something doesn't mean you're giving us a blessing. Don't do that if you don't want to. But one thing you better do, you better invite Our Lady if you want to die, she's blessed and you're next saved. At least in a time of grace, because even if you go toward conversion, you still may lose it because we've gone too far. Look at where the world's going. This is real. This is life. This is now. This is not some rehearsal. Our Lady is here for a purpose because the world and the gates of hell will prevail against the church had she not come. Bishops, 
You're accountable. You're Pope of the Diocese. If one of you bishops just, I found out Kim, the Kentucky clerk, who refused to sign the marriage license for abominable marriages. I never read nothing about a bishop going and seeing her or a priest going to see her. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I never heard that news. But I did hear that Kim, the county clerk, a Protestant, met privately with Pope Francis. You mean she can meet with the Pope? She can't meet with the bishop? And he encouraged her. Shame, shame, shame. I tell you, if I was a bishop today and what's happening, I would be ashamed of myself. And I'd be incited to go out there in the streets. Are you afraid that you're too politically correct? We can't say that. We can't stop this. We're not, we're not going to go to jail. We're not going to lose our life. No, you tell them you're not going to go to jail, and we will die for this. Yes, just to stop a boy from going to the little girl's bathroom. You're complicit with this sin through non-confrontation. You've abused your power through silence. And today, this moment, everybody listen to this. Take this to your bishop. Meet with them. If he won't meet with you, because the bishop has to respond back to you. If he doesn't respond to you, you get money, your letter you sent to him, and put it in the local newspaper and get a response. It's time we hold the bishops accountable because our lady says you can do nothing without them. Leadership, not exercise, results in anarchy among the pews as well as society. And we're not able to even assemble ourselves. We spoke a while back about the Patriot Rosary, a beautiful rosary at Independence Hall. We're going to do it. But some minions around the bishop up there put a damper on it to stop it at Independence Hall. I'm not doing it under the authority of the Catholic Church. I'm doing it privately. And we're going. We'll announce the dates. We have a lot on our plate right now, so we can't do it at this moment. But we'll tell you. We want people to come from all the United States to do it. If the bishop likes it, beautiful. If he don't like it, beautiful, because we're going to do it. There's no jurisdiction over me privately what I do on private or federal property. The federal government will let me do it, and you won't? And you stopped that up there, bishop? Are your minions, you let them stop? You're still responsible if your minions are in you. The curtains of power in these bishops are running the show. Break out of your shell for your own good. None of this is said in disrespect of your authority. It could be said, it's said in disrespect of what you're not doing. I can't respect you as an individual. But my awe of your position in my heart and the authority you carry annihilates any denial in me of who you are. Because I know it's Jesus Christ. I know who you represent. And I know who you're not acting on representing him. Shame. 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 And you people out there, you take this program and you give it to the bishop. There's no reason Medjugorje is not to flourish everywhere every place and every person. It's not condemned. Cardinal Carla Maria's letter does not say you can't even go there. It says where it's taken for granted. You just tell your people in your diocese, you do what you want, go to the hill, go to the moon with this. The fruit is good. You've got everything against you. Confessions like no other. hundred confessionals, people lined up for hours, two hours going confession. Nowhere in the world is this happening. No spot in the world, not in the Vatican, is there a cause for fast like Medjugorje. Our prayer, our adoration, or the attendance of the Holy Mass. And you want to be indifferent to it? When a lady says, look around you, my children. See where the world is going. The world thinks of doing everything without the Father. Don't believe the message. Believe the fruit and believe science. Act on your authority. Believe in your authority. Please, bishops, start believing in your authority beyond the bishops' conferences and your local letter to your Catholic newspaper. Step out of that. 
before it's too late. The hour is late. There is going to be collateral damage. We're not going to escape the non-confrontation you have not done in leadership. And I'm demanding as a Catholic, I'm owed it. You're my servant. And by being my servant, I will serve you in any way I capacity I can. I love your authority. I love you even as an individual. And sometimes I see you as an enemy. And I love my enemies too. And I won't forsake my faith. You can do what they did to Joan of Arc 600 years ago. They condemned her. They excommunicated her. Took all the way to 1912 or so before they changed it and did this. Black eye. But what's happening now with Medjugorje, what you're doing now is far more than a black eye. Times are different. We're here for catastrophic change in the way and the direction of the world. Will you be walking with the lady? Because she said, I'm going to triumph with my shepherds. Who are they going to be? Those who sit in the desk in a way that many people see as, and can describe it as pompous, instead of getting down shoulder to shoulder with us. Quit fighting abortion in marches. Let's become more serious. Let's become more physical. Just the body of mass of people, you could cover the streets alone would avoid physical confrontation and the fact that they would back down when this boy started his thing in this Illinois school system instead of saying, okay, we're going to be sensitive to you. I'm insensitive to what he's saying. Why are you being sensitive or complicit or politically correct by the silence? We don't want to just even hear the pulpit it being condemned. We want action now. So I'll leave you with this. You think meditate hard on this, bishops, and you people who listen to this, by going to your bishops and remind them of this, and not just remind them, we demand something now. We're not going to sit on this anymore. I'm not sitting on Medjugorje. I will not stop. I will die for it. I risk our mission for it. I risk the error of bishops by what I'm saying. But I don't care about myself. I care about Our Lady's plans. And I care about these words she addresses to everything I'm saying right now. June 2nd, 2011. Dear children, as I call you to prayer for those who have not come to know the love of God, if you were to look into your hearts, you would comprehend that I am speaking about many of you. With an open heart, sincerely ask yourselves if you want the living God or do you want to eliminate him and live as you want. Go ahead, exercise your authority as you want. Because by doing so, you eliminate the use of his authority and therefore eliminate God. Look around you, my children, and see where the world is going. The world that thinks of doing everything without the Father and which wanders in the darkness of temptation. That's interesting. Live as you want. Wander in darkness and temptation. This boy represents many people who wander in darkness, living as they want, and are tempted by Satan, oppressed or suppressed or possessed souls of Satan, speaking in them that they're a woman, a girl. I thought he addresses something very profound here. Live as you want, wandering in darkness and temptations. This temptation... These thoughts they start getting in their self, in their soul. Oh, maybe I'm not a boy. Maybe I'm a girl. You don't think it's satanic? Where do you hear that from? I've never heard that from the pulpit. I've never heard it from anybody. Psychiatry transferred this from psychological problem to a reality that you can be that. But before it was a psychological problem, it was a sin. Wonder and darkness and temptation. So we can live as we want. These temptations of these people are not being intercepted by convicting Christians that you are not this way, this is sin.
turn your thoughts around, live like you're supposed to live according to the nature of which God birthed you through. Our Lady continues, I am offering you the light of truth and the Holy Spirit. Where is the actions of that, of truth? Where is the actions of the Holy Spirit? All right, he continues, According to God's plan, I am with you to help you to have my son, his cross, and resurrection triumph in your hearts. This is where we are. We've got to go through the cross. Death. To resurrect. To triumph. And this is what the world's going through. Because it must. To be purified. As a mother, I desire and pray for your unity with my son and his works is no more faith alone. That's Protestantism. The book of James says it's not by faith, but by works will your faith be displayed. We've got a church that says it's just faith. Be quiet. Have faith. God's going to take care of things. I just do my mass. I just do this. I just attend these things. Oh, yes, you cover everything in social justice. And confuse yourself that this is my works. No, the works in the church is to stop sin, to convict against sin, to forgive sin, to lead people to repentance. Who's being led to repentance through these actions? Nowhere is it being done this way in the church. And I said, just faith alone. We have a program in the church called Just Faith, all social justice, based in communism. It's right there in many dioceses. What bishops rooting this out? Do your own research. We're filled with this garbage. And we think everything, well, as long as I'm doing social justice, as long as I'm looking at the, the poor, Jesus says you always have the poor. The poor today are people with sin on their souls going to perdition. You can't get any more poor than that, than to go to hell for eternity. And many of those are doing so at the hands of silence. From that who carries the authority of God. Whoa. 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 As a mother, I desire and pray for your unity with my son and his works. I am here. You decide. That's your ultimatum. That's to you people. And especially to you bishops. Our lady's not looking just faith as I said a minute ago. She just told us. Fresh. November 2nd, 2015. My children pray, pray so as to be able to love all the more and do works of love. It's the work of love of children, of girls, especially when a boy enters into this framework we just read about, that you go and stop that. It's not softy feminism. We feminize society. We've allowed this. Our lady continues, because faith alone without love and works of love is not what I'm asking of you. This is an illusion of faith. It is a boasting of self. That's where we are. What is your answer? I'll tell you, it's her who says, I am here. You decide. I wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.